So feel the sadness, feel the grief, feel the longing, feel the pain. Let the emotions come up and move through you so that they can be metabolized. Don't make a decision until some of the emotional weather has had a chance to move through. You know, wait for the thunderstorm to end and then when it stops raining, take a deep breath and then look again. Welcome to Conversations from the Heart, weekly Q&A sessions exploring how to step out of power struggles and conflict by having connected, collaborative, and compassion-based conversations with ourselves and others. I'm Dr. Yvette Erasmus, psychologist, educator, and consultant with more than 30 years of real-life experience helping humans on their self-development journeys. Here, we focus on how to use compassion-based, nonviolent communication and relationship skills to help each of us live into our most empathic, empowered, connected selves. Everything changes when you do. Let's dive in. So let's begin with Simone. Uh, are you willing to chat with me, Simone? Yes, I am comfortable chatting. Oh, lovely. Hi, welcome. Welcome. Tell me more and how can I help? <laughs> Yeah, so he's my high school sweetheart. Um, we were together only for two years and we separated and we had like met up a few times over the mm -hmm. years in my mid-30s. But yeah, like the last time we talked was maybe five years ago and he was in the area for, for work. I, I don't know, like I, I guess I kind of went against my best <laughs> intuition and I met up with him. So I was like, oh, nostalgia and, and me being naive. But uh, yeah, like it was an okay time, but like the there were texts like that happened after that were like kind of disrespectful and like I mean like at all caps <laughs> and and then like yeah like I've just been trying to remove the the, the rose shaded glasses where I forgot all the bad stuff and yeah I'm like trying to remember the good stuff but I guess one of the main things is like there was a, a thing I did that was a mistake and I apologized and I apologized thoroughly and he just left me on red <laughs> and so I don't know um yeah like if I should reply should reply or not but um I don't know at this point I kind of just want to leave it all alone but a part of me does want to stand up for myself a bit as well because I do I'm working on boundaries and assertiveness and things like that got it got it okay so let me just make sure I'm tracking it's like there's this person, there's some history, you've been in and out of each other's lives. And sometimes when somebody, I, I know this is true for me, I don't know if this is true for you, but sometimes when I haven't seen someone for many years, I kind of want to know who I am in that relational space again. Like I need like an updated reminder, like, am I different? Are they different? What's happening? And you kind of went along with that, even though a part of you was saying, oh, maybe not. Well, for me, I thought it was a good time, but uh, like that's another thing his personality is like Tim in my perspective has changed like he's essentially gone from like an artist to the military oh. and so like I made a couple of mistakes and he was like just very rigid and unforgiving and everything and then I'm I'm kind of thinking like after our the way our breakup went <laughs> you know the grace and compassion that I showed you like to be like to have this harshness to a very very small like mistake that I apologize for it, it was weird and it felt like he was trying to punish me which is not the first time I brought back that remembrance as well. Yep. I don't know what to say, what to do, if I should say or do anything. Okay. So the things that you're seeing and experiencing now that you're not liking, you're not enjoying what looks like his rigidity and his desire to punish. And there isn't enough compassion and graciousness in the space. And when you offer a repair through a text, he you can see that he's read it, but he doesn't 
close the feedback loop. And so I'm wondering if that feels super unsettling and if there's some uneasiness and both wanting closure and maybe wanting more understanding or more clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's brought up a lot of emotions that, I mean, I don't know, like, honestly, like at the time that we broke up, I didn't have the support system that I have now. So I kind of feel like it wasn't, it was process, but like, I mean, there's more processing to it. I guess it's just layers. Yeah. Like the emotions that were there were, were rather mixed and everything. It seems like he like left this situation like in a very, but he actually entered it as well in a very sour and dour <laughs> with a sour attitude. And I was, yeah, like really bubbly and excited and everything. I don't know. Like he just seemed like he was out of a lot of under a lot of pressure and anxious and this and that. He extended the invite. Um, so I, I I don't know, but he doesn't seem very happy. I think that's a part of it as well. Is and I have to check with myself um, that I'm not trying to heal or anything because like me seeing the loss of that inner artist is something that is very very interesting to me. Um, especially me being a creative myself. Mm-hmm. Um, or a, a creative whose creativity was like catalyzed by him. But yeah, I'm sorry, like I'm all over the place. You can be all over the place. It sounds like there are some layers and some complexity. Like, I wonder if there's a part of you that is sort of sad and lonely for that artist in him and wanting that was a place where you could connect and a a part, a softer part of him, perhaps, that you enjoyed. Would that be true? Yes. Yeah. And so you see some potential and you see some places of overlap that feel good to you. But in this reconnection, it sounds like you've had some experiences with him that leave you feeling a little bit more wary and guarded. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so now you're trying to figure out what do I want or do you know what you want next? I don't. I mean, like the the knee-jerk reaction after a lot of thinking and and stuff is that I just want to go no contact. But there's also a part of me, like, because I've been exercising, like my using my voice and all. Um, And so I'm like, it could be a practice in that. But honestly, no, what's the hesitation in me just speaking my truth is knowing that it probably won't be well received. And I guess I'm avoiding confrontation a little bit, but I also want to stick up for myself, which historically I haven't done with him. So. So if you were in this moment to stick up for yourself, let's imagine he could receive it. What would you like to say to him? Yeah, saying, like, I understand that you're under a lot of pressure or I understand that you're upset, but it's no reason to disrespect me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like looking up the canned responses before I got on here as well. Um, Lovely. This is a great direction. So do you want to unpack that a little bit? Would that be helpful if we go a little more deeply into this piece or, or you want to go a different direction? Uh, this piece is fine. Okay. So when you say he disrespected you, what did he say or do or not say or not do? What happened? I'm going to go to the text. Um, and it honestly, it took a friend of mine who like, who's emotional. She's like a decade younger than me, but her emotional intelligence is out of this world. Lovely. But it's, we all need friends like that. Yes. Yes. Like her emotional intelligence was amazing. But the last text that he sent me said he used all caps and like, it was kind of passive aggressive. It was kind of punitive and then I guess she was saying it was like also emotionally immature for him to not close that loop um sort of like you were mentioning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay I'm kind of reading a little bit between the lines so correct me on anything that I'm getting wrong here but it sounds like there's some language emerging in you along the lines of I don't allow people to treat me in this way I'm willing to be responsible for the mistakes that I make. And I'm willing to do repair work around the things that I'm learning and that I, you know, may slip up and get wrong. 
And along the way, I would like my friends, my acquaintances, people that I'm with, people that I'm dating, people who are in my life to treat me with compassion and graciousness and kindness and respect. And I don't feel like that's happening here. And is this getting close? Is this in the direction of, of how you're feeling or how would you say it? Absolutely. I was like, <laughs> like getting my pen and paper and starting to well up at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. Because I think part of what I'm hearing you say is I'm looking for a way to be connected and vulnerable and real in my relationships, but I'm also wanting to set boundaries around how people treat me. And what I'm not available for is people who want to punish me, who want to express their anger to me in indirect ways, who want to take things out on me, who want to vent on me. I'm not available for that. And I'm also hearing you say, kind of empathically guessing what might be happening for him. I wonder if you're stressed out, or I wonder if you're angry, or I wonder if you're hurting, or I wonder if there's stuff happening for you. I have empathy for what might be going on for you that leads you to be like this. But I also want to let you know, I'm not available for that. Are we on the right track? How? What would you add or change? That sounds good. It sounds good. Like I'm only thinking of what his reply or re- reaction, and this is my own like history, like yeah. Yeah, a harsh reply or something, but I need to. What would be a harsh reply? What would be hard to feel? Dismissiveness. He's typically been dismissive of my emotions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay. Rationalizing like what he's done or just like being non-responsive and just leaving me hanging because okay. he has weaponized silence as well. Okay. So then a choice point for you, it sounds like in this moment, and I think it's one that I, if I'm hearing you right, you're kind of grappling with is... Um, knowing that he can be emotionally immature, passive aggressive, punitive, the things that you've mentioned, knowing that the harsh, that I predict that this is how he's going to keep showing up with me. To what degree do I want to be connected with somebody like this? And how, if I don't want to be connected, would I like to get closure? Yeah, I, I can't decide if I want to be connected because we've, like, so we, we've rendezvoused a few times and it's, I don't know, like there've always been things, but this one feels different. Different good or different bad? Different bad. Different, different bad. bad. Okay. And bad. It was and like, I was even thinking while I was with him, it was like, as we had like met up over our 20s and everything, it was kind of felt like mm-hmm. I saw this new personality emerging, but now it feels like it's solidified. Yeah. Like rigid military. Like, and I was in the military myself, like I'm cool with military and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's not but about yeah. that. It's, it's yeah. you're, you're pointing more to a way of being that is not relational, that might be really good in a military setting, but is not really good in an intimate partnership. Yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. so it seems to me like you know. Do I? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I would like the rendezvous are, are nice, but it's not worth the the psychological harm. It's been three days of like rumination and yeah, and weirdness. I'm and thank you for the needs list. I don't, I've not searched through all of them, but I know that there are needs here, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're not getting needs for empathy well met. It sounds like you're not getting your needs for emotional nourishment, support, clarity, connection, communication, understanding. It sounds to me like there are defensive power control games going on. Yeah. And how yeah, I don't know how to interact with that. And then and then if things do go to the go awry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the soft place to land or how to like just comfort and take care of myself with that rejection. 
it's not a rejection. It's not. It's not a rejection. You are trying to have a relationship with somebody who has, hmm, how could we put this, like limitations. When people, now I'm going to speculate because I don't know this person. So take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt, because now I'm in a guessing speculation pattern mode, not specific about this human mode. But when people become rigid or move into punishing or passive aggressive behaviors, when any one of us moves into that, we're managing um, some kind of pain or fear or wound that we're not yet willing to become aware of and heal and move through. And we're seeing our well-being in that moment as reliant on controlling other people and controlling circumstances outside of ourselves. And we are unconsciously usually playing out adaptive patterns from childhood. These are some of the things that are generally happening. And that makes somebody, if somebody isn't deeply self-connected and aware of their own interior emotional being, if they are shut down to that in themselves, then your relationship with that person can only go as far as their relationship with themselves. So if they cannot be emotionally nourishing and soft with themselves, they, that will not be available to you. If they cannot be awake and self-responsible and working with all of their feelings, they will not be able to work with your feelings. And their unavailability, putting, you know, leaving texts on red, um, coming back with passive aggressive comments, uh, writing in all caps, these are simply unskillful ways of doing relationship. What I would say is see that that's where he is at and ask yourself, given this capacity, am I enjoying this relationship? No, not at all. It's chemicals like of nostalgia, but no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, there could be a lot of attraction, there could be a lot of trauma bonding, there could be chemistry in the space, because sometimes one person's wounds jigsaw very nicely with another person's wounds, and it brings up a lot of chemistry, which is actually fear in the space that actually feels like sexual attraction. That's not always the case, but that's one of the things to be at least checking out and thinking about. And there, it can feel like there's a lot of charge to stay connected, and sometimes What's happening there is that each person has an unresolved past pattern that is getting reenacted. And if you have two people who are on a personal growth journey wanting to get aware and awake with some skills to have those conversations, it could be very healing. But if somebody is very rigid and not interested in it and dismissive and devaluing of that journey, it's going to be a reenactment. And it's going to kick up a lot of suffering. And it looks like from where, what I'm hearing you say so far, you can see that already. And there's a really sort of like online self-protective part of you that's like, oh, wait a minute, this, I am going to need more than this. And I want to really validate that part of you who says, I'm going to put words in your mouth. I would like emotional nourishment, empathy, graciousness, repair work. There are more skills that I would need to have online in order to invest in more working through of things with this person. How is that landing? What's fitting? What isn't fitting about what I'm saying? I love that idea of speaking with him to do repair work and, and all those things. Um, yeah, like it's something that I thought of, but I just thought he wouldn't even be open to, but I can try it. But again, like, like you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like in this 
repression suppression um, mode that he that he's in. I don't know if he'll be willing, but I'm will. I'm always willing to teach and, and to learn. You know, as I go along, it's it's just I don't want to be hurt. <laughs> yes, you don't want to feel hurt. The likelihood of you feeling hurt in this relationship is very very high. Yeah, it's very very high. And what makes it worth it for you, if anything? I I think one of his value one values in my eyes is that I don't have like a lot of connections from childhood and 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 all and so mm -hmm. in a way he does connect me to that time mm -hmm. um because yeah like I'm, yeah I'm not in touch with friend other friends from that time mm -hmm. I think it's partly that and then like I was mentioning like just like that expressive artist part we both dealt with that and struggled with that in our own ways. And so I guess part of me wanted that potential of us, like, you know, mm -hmm. going along the journey of expression and, and art, artistry together and, and growing and expanding. But I think it's also, it's just also just very shocking the direction that he's turned for the mm -hmm. sake of survival. I understand that like, this is what he feels. And he also has trauma as well. That definitely feeds into this childhood trauma, but yeah, like, I, I think the only thing is, yeah, like he, he's just a connection um, to that time. And then, yeah, like a part of me, like genuinely caring about his soul, his spirit, or yeah. whatever that part of him that he's tamped down. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, um, sometimes I'll say to people, if you were going to put people into categories, I'm not a huge category fan, but let's play with them for a moment. There are going to be people in your life that are partners, and there are people in your life that are peers, and then there are people in your life that are projects. And then there are people in your life that are patients. So if you start thinking about like, what role does this person best fit into? Because I can be very, very loving existentially for the human race, but I'm not going to invite every person in the human race to come live in my house. And so caring about somebody's well-being and, and wishing them well and wanting to maintain a connection with somebody is lovely. And then really being very aware and choiceful about how close do they get to the intimate parts of my life? And what are the requirements that I have given what I know about me? That those people, like, if you want to be my like daily, everyday friend that I'm going to be, you know, speaking to and confiding in, there are certain things I need online in those people. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I don't love people who don't bring those things, mm -hmm. but I get it, that's a form of self-care for me. How does that land on you? That lands beautifully. It emphasizes that I I want to let go. I, I just know and I see more shame, like more pain, and I, I don't want that. So yeah, I don't want like these attachments to, you know, hold, make me hold on and be harmed. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a question of staying connected to somebody because of our history and we're acquaintances, but being very choiceful for yourself about how close they get to your heart and what needs of yours will and won't get met in this relationship. And then being very choiceful about what role they're going to play in your life. Yeah, makes sense. So hearing everything we've talked about so far in this moment, what do you want from him? Where's the inner conflict for you right now? Um, I think that there's still so, like there's still an attraction and uh, mm. yeah, like just something feeling. Uh, mm, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, 
like unrequited or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, like I said, like in previous, like maybe it's just because I'm single now before I wasn't single when we would like rendezvous, maybe that has something, a big part to do with it. But I think right now I, I just want to be heard. I don't know if that's a need. By but... me or by him? Mm. By him? By him, yeah. Right. Okay, so let's yeah. talk for a moment. Let's play for a moment in the space of, let's imagine that you want to work on this with him for a little bit longer. Okay. And you know, yes, being heard is a need. I would say that's a deeply universal human need. We want to be seen and heard by by one another. One of the ways that you can find out whether or not that capacity can come online is by, in, I would recommend doing this in person or on the phone, saying, I there are a couple of things that I just want to share with you. And all I really need is to be heard. And so all I'm going to ask for is that you can tell me back what it is that you're hearing me say. Are you up for that? And if he says yes, then I would say, okay, so X, Y, Z, A, B, C, here are the things that are up for me. I don't need you to do anything about it. I just need the experience of hearing my words coming out of your mouth so that I know that you've taken them in. Can you do that? I can do that. Yeah, like that's beautiful. (laughs) And then find out if he can. Because that would be the bare minimum for a foundation of then being able to start establishing a different kind of connection. Yeah. And then I think there's also a piece in there about just finding out whether that's something that he wants or not. Because some people, I have no judgment of this, really want relationships where it's a hookup. I like you as a friend. I don't want to be emotionally invested in you. I don't want to deal with anything that is more complicated. I want to get together with you once a week, every three days, whatever it is. I want to have sex. I want to meet my needs for sexual expression. I want to connect physically. And I want it uncomplicated. And again, if if you have two consenting adults making a very clear agreement and wanting the same thing and understanding the terms of engagement, great. But it becomes problematic when one person is wanting one thing, the other person is wanting something completely different, and neither of these people know how to talk about it in kind, direct, and honest ways. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely working on it like the... I mean, I'm kind, and, but like just being direct and not being so anxious of responses yeah. as, a, as a thing. But I think that's perfect. Like the asking him to mirror my words. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So the key there, I mean, this is just for everybody. Like um, sometimes you can say to somebody, I want to be heard. I, I need my, I, I just want to be heard. And they'll know what you mean and they can give you the thing. Sometimes people don't know what that means. They think it means sit there, do time, nod at you while you speak, while they're glazed over. They think that's the thing that's going to meet your needs to be heard. So be really clear on how you enjoy your need to be heard, to be met. Does that make sense? Like for me, it's hearing my words coming out of your mouth. (laughs) Like I literally need you to verbalize what I just verbalized. That's what settles my nervous system. Some people are like, no, I really don't need that. I just need you to sit on the couch and make eye contact with me while I speak. And I don't care what's going on in your mind. As long as you're physically present and looking at me, that meets my needs. So you Mm -hmm. figure out for you what, what would meet your needs. And the more specific you can be with other people about the thing that you're wanting, the thing that they can do or say or not do or not say, the more likely that you'll get that need met or you'll get clarity that it can't get met. It won't be confusing anymore. 
How does that land on you? Yeah, yeah, it, it lands perfectly. How are you right now? Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you're you. Thank welcome. You. Is this I'm enough? still a bit anxious okay just about doing it and all, but um, yeah, you don't. Yes, yes, this is enough. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a little bit laggy, but yes, that's okay. Yes. I can feel that there's a little bit of a delay. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, if you feel like that's enough for right now, then I'm going to say like, good luck. I will be very curious to know what happens. I hope it goes well. I hope you get in the things that you start trying. I hope you get more clarity on what direction you want to get more, more or less invested in. Yeah. Thank you. So we're going to take some questions. Uh, I'm going to go to Rita. Okay. So Rita. Hey. Hey, so you, this, this, um, kind of template for thinking about the kinds of relationship peers and projects and partners, mm -hmm. patients, I have a lot of questions about that. That doesn't have to be the like rabbit hole we jump into, but mm -hmm. it would be an appealing one to me. <laughs> okay. Um, what are your questions? I mean, first, let me just have a disclaimer. Like it's one of many frames you can use. If it works for you and it's helpful, use it. If it's not helpful and it just feels restrictive and constricting, throw it away. Right. So there's nothing magical about that. Of course. Only take the things that are practically useful for you. Well, I think I think I have my curiosity stems from just recognizing those different types of relationships that I have of seeing people who I think who are like trying to play the part of peers, but who are actually projects, okay. for example, is a classic one for me. Okay. Yeah. In the past, I was more of a turn a patient into a partner type, but. <laughs> uh -huh. Got it. Got it. I'm going to, I'm going to go recruit this person. I can see that they're kind of wounded. They need some work. I, it's like buying a house and wanting to do lots of re renovations. Yes. Yes. I can so, see the potential and I'm going to fix it all up. And then it's going to be the house that I want to live in. Right. <laughs> uh -huh. And the other person has been delighted at this. <laughs> Well, I mean, no. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> if you meet someone who is delighted by this, and this also meets their needs, and they're like, I am a renovation waiting to happen. I am just looking for the person who loves me enough that I will do all of my growing with you, then it's a match. <laughs> but like, sure. I think you're noticing, sometimes that's not how the other person reacts to this project that we are trying to make of them. Right, yeah, so... Right now, the the kind of dynamic that I keep replaying is having people in my life who like need a lot more care than is necessarily going to create a equitable relationship of trusting each other and sharing and relying on each other. It's going to be a lot more one way. Yep. And seeing that that is just true about our dynamic and then trying to lovingly navigate how much of that I can do and how much of that I can like be present for fill some needs in their life that like just aren't being met in other ways these are people who like are lonely are sad are mm -hmm. hurting in some way mm -hmm. and are, oh my gosh you treat me like a person at all oh yeah well I try to treat everybody like a person they're like that's great <laughs> we're best friends now <laughs> and I'm like oh I so treat you like a person <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're trying to figure out the balance between really the part of you that enjoys contributing to other people's well-being and yes. wants to meet other people's needs to a certain degree. And another part of you that is also looking for more reciprocal, mutual, equal relationships. Yes. 
Mm -hmm. So that's the dilemma. And you're, you're comfortable, it sounds like, with you giving them and you're struggling a little bit more to bring it into balance where you receive as much as you're giving. Is that fair to say, or would you say that differently? Uh, I would say that that's the, the zoomed out view of the dynamic. Okay. A lot of that is just that they, not that they don't have value, but that they just don't have the capacity to be yes. needed. It is a one-way dynamic. Yes. Um, so you've got one-way dynamics and there's nothing, I like the, and I'm going to put a finer point on it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with somebody being where they are at in life. That's not an inherently bad thing. There aren't benchmarks that we're all supposed to reach before we can be loved and okay and in relationship with. That's not how it works, right? So yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. And the very personal dilemma is given where I am, who I am, what I'm looking for in relationships as I meet people and bring them into my life and, you know, invite people or, or not into my life, what kind of relationship is this for me? And mm -hmm. does it meet my needs as well as I meet their needs? This is a question of balance and self-mattering and self-advocacy. Yeah. And really wanting to hold... <laughs> I have my own internal tensions around it of just feeling uh, sometimes I can give that really willingly and lovingly. And sometimes it feels expected or so, so desperate a need that it's dangerous not to meet it. But that comes at the expense of some less dangerous self-abandoning. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and so that means my own internal dynamic sometimes has a lot of love and givingness and sometimes has a lot of resentment or like don't know how to lovingly put up a boundary in a way that doesn't cause harm but also doesn't abandon my own self so give and me like how like where you need that boundary give me an example of something you wish you could say that's hard to say right now uh, there's a person who wants to come and visit me and I don't, I, I don't anticipate enjoying her being there. <laughs> I'm a person who has been nice to her in the past and she doesn't have a long list of those. And so she's just, she's mm -hmm. traveling right now. She's doing this like very bold, brave, loose on the planet thing with very powerful. I just don't want her to do it. Near me. <laughs> okay. So know that for a moment. I just don't want her to do it near me. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for the journey she's on. I have a lot of care for her as a human. And there's a limit in me to how much I enjoy it. And I want to protect more of my space. What yeah. Happens, what happens in you when you hear it that way? I immediately jump into translating that into like, well, if you, if you myself were stronger, better to give, um, it wouldn't be a problem. Oh, I see. I see. So if you were superhuman and an endless bit of generosity for the whole world, then the world would stop suffering because you could just give and give and give and give endlessly to everybody. Yep. <laughs> we won't be able to get into all of the layers of this on a call like this. It sounds like you learned that the way to be in connection, a safe way to be in connection with other people is to contribute to their well-being and that there's something dangerous about not being available for that. Yes. And I, I might do more work around that part. 
I'd get more aware of it. I'd get in relationship with it, whether it's through journaling or through therapy or through talking it through with friends or, but there's a part that seems to have a rule that taking care of your own needs is dangerous and will lead to bad things and will be hurtful to other people. And that piece is what I'd probably start drilling down on to get more aware of everything that's mapping onto that. What do you think about that? Oh, that is a, a long and hearty homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's <was> good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what I would say to you just briefly here is you are allowed to say no to people. You are allowed to trust the wisdom of your resentments. You are allowed to know that you're giving more than you want to give. And that that isn't a failure of yours or a deficit of yours. That is practice for you in listening to you first. And the invitation there is to be allowed to honor your own needs as much as you're trying to honor everybody else's. Yep. <laughs> Look, looking forward to believing you. <laughs> okay. So let's wrap on this piece. And have you sit with that for a bit? But I think that's that's a good start for some uh, some self connection and self honoring. There, that be okay? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome, Ellie. Why don't you go next? Okay, if that's okay with everyone. Well, I just really am relating to you guys. I had an in person all caps conflict, so I flew in to work for an old client. And one of the other players there really didn't like my energy and my tone mm -hmm. and berated me for 10 minutes and just went on and on about, you know, all this criticism. Now she's not my boss. She's not even really my coworker, but she is a beneficiary of my work. My work essentially funds her theater company. And I was totally thrown off guard by the disrespect or the expectation that I would level her some sort of bow downiness. She really felt like I didn't understand the hierarchy of the situation. And I just think she was completely projecting. Everything she said was stuff she was doing. We just met, you know, she had all these judgments of me. She said, you never want to work with me. I said, "Bitch, you work with me now. <laughs> she just didn't seem to recognize that we were coworkers and that I was a valued member of the community. And she just destroyed me. And my boss watched on and kind of allowed it to happen because he doesn't want to incur her wrath. Mm -hmm. So that's a big trigger for me. Mm -hmm. I don't like people not being loyal, you know, mm -hmm. it goes back to childhood. I don't like people associating with people who are like actively trying to harm me mm -hmm. if they want to be my ally or friend. Mm -hmm. So I just said to my boss, well, I'm getting back on a plane. I I don't want to work for you this week for the her this week. This, this feels really bad. We had slept on it and had like a reparative conversation this morning. And I treated that sort of as his opportunity to audition, to continue to be my boss. It, that's how I framed it in my mind is to, to sort of like put myself in a power position. And so he showed up an hour and a half late with additional criticisms Though he was saying like, yeah, she was totally out of left field. But while we're at it, here's some other things I'd like to see you change besides tone and energy. Yeah, you probably have some work to do there. He doesn't want to have a conversation with a mediator. He doesn't want me to speak with her. He doesn't want to ask her to speak with me. He doesn't want to talk to me about it any longer. 
he just wants to sweep it under the rug and continue. And we've been working together for five years. I just, I'm appalled. Mm-hmm. You can hear it in my voice. So you're hooked. Yeah. Mm. So I'm feeling like he bombed his audition <laughs> and I, maybe this just isn't working anymore. Me helping him, but I've had this pattern of not quitting jobs until I got fired because I just force, 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 try to make it work even if it's not a good fit for me or them or whatever. So how can I help? What's the question? Do you think? I guess I, I, I want help deciding if I'm, if it's time to quit this job, which is some, only, something only I can decide, right? But looking at the whole situation that I just described, have I done everything I can to try to repair it with this lady? Have you? Without going around him. Yeah. So kn- knowing that, where does that leave you then? I just... I have to decide if I want to repair it with him then, I guess. But mm, this isn't the first time. Okay. What's the repeating pattern? He'll put me in situations where I have information I'm not supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And people get caught off guard and feel undermined. Who's this chick coming in? Why does she know the rehearsal schedule? He doesn't introduce me to people. He doesn't acknowledge the work that I do. You know, He just kind of passes it off as his own. And I think he uses me as a scapegoat at time or puts me in situations where he knows I'll fail. And I think this was an example of that. And then the way that he handled the whole conflict was an example of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling like my reputation might be on the line if I keep working with him and I just keep getting put in these situations that are so difficult. (laughs) So it sounds like you don't enjoy working with him. You don't enjoy the way that he sets you up and you would like out. Yeah, why is that so hard for me to accept and do? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Why do you think it is? I just think I'm really stubborn and I really believe in people and I really want to work through things with them authentically and hash everything out. And sometimes it's not the right impulse. Yeah, well, you know, you've got the universal problem of other people who sometimes don't want that. Those are really great things when you have a match between two people who are wanting the same thing. But when we try to force people into conversations that they don't want to have, it doesn't go well. I guess it just makes me sad that he he doesn't want to do that for himself. Yeah. So feel the sadness, feel the grief, feel the longing, feel the pain. Let the emotions come up and move through you so that they can be metabolized. Don't make a decision until some of the emotional weather has had a chance to move through, you know, wait for the thunderstorm to end. And then when it stops raining, take a deep breath and then look again. Can Uh, I? Yeah. I think that's been the approach in the past that sometimes when enough time has passed, I'll, I'm just, I'll forgive. And I go back to the same situation because Mm -hmm. once I'm calm, I kind of forget how bad it got. Mm-hmm. So you almost need the righteousness, the anger, the hurt, and the pain in order to help you take action that is more self-protective. Is that what you're saying? I'm wondering if I need to seize on this mm-hmm. exit point kind of before it gets good again. And then I'm like mm-hmm. back in the cycle. Yeah, perhaps. But I don't know. I really trust your judgment and advice. And I'm clearly still super emotional about it. Well, that is very, very kind of you. And what I want to really help you do 
is trust your inner authority because you know, you know what the best next step for you is. You know what your patterns are. You know what you're working on. You know what you're reaching for. <sighs> yeah. So all that said, I also do know that my tone and energy and assertiveness can sometimes really turn off like about, I'm going to say three to five people, percent of people, and they just, oh, hate me. So that's, that's something okay. I've been working on. And that's why I'm in this class, you know? Yeah. So this is, the class. <sighs> so I want to take that. Yeah. I want to take the learning. I want to keep working on myself. I, I, I can see that there are certain ways that I can be sometimes that some people find really challenging. I, I want to be able to look at that. And I also want to be able to protect myself and make good decisions for my own well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Those can all be true. I think I'm reaching an interesting point in my career where I have to take ownership for like putting up with bad bosses and also like sometimes the boss is just going to be the bad guy because they're the boss and they have to do that, you know? So there's a yep. really delicate balance of, I don't want to accept mistreatment, but also like, well, sometimes people are just going to tell you what to do or whatever, you know? Yep. yep. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. That. You know, I really resonate with that. I have a whole bunch of blogs, blog posts. I think if you were to Google, like, do you have authority issues? <laughs> <laughs> I have authority issues. <laughs> And I have written about that quite a bit, you know, and I think this is a piece of what you are pointing to is sometimes when somebody is in the role of power over, it can bring up for us unfinished work that we have around authority figures that have failed us or hurt us or been untrustworthy. And there's more healing for us around that so that we can be grounded and centered and self-protective and choiceful without being um, sort of knee-jerk activated around authority. Now, I don't know if that fits for you or not. That was true for me. But... Totally. And I, I guess I kind of thought that me and him, this guy, we'd work together for so long. I must be past that. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <sighs> Probably yeah. a lifelong learning. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel okay yeah, if we sort of pause here? I know the co the conversations are yeah. never finished. <laughs> we just pause in a good place. I'm really grateful because I feel like I, I don't want to go talk to him again without having kind of done my best to try to do my part. Exactly. All right. Thanks so much, Ellie. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So the next person on my screen would be Josie. Hi, Josie. Oh, I appreciate that. Hi. I have an next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. Well, she's actually under me. I'm in a condo. Mm -hmm. And she had, was complaining every time she heard a sound like opening closing the sliding glass door mm. I told her my daughter was getting married it was a big deal my family would be here there might be some noise but you know no loud music I've apologized when things have been loud even though I don't think it's um, unusually loud so I've apologized I've taken flowers I've taken her dinner I've told her I will try harder and she continues to be very aggressive about it. The way she speaks to me is would not be considered nonviolent communication. Mm -hmm. So it got to a point where she was crossing some boundaries. I won't go into detail, but I finally said, I've done everything I can to myself. And now I, I don't want to ha continue to have contact with her. She also is, talks about people in the neighborhood in a negative way. And I really don't like that. Mm -hmm. So I eventually, I sent her a text. I said that I was ready 
I would prefer not to have ongoing communication with her. Mm -hmm. So she continues sometimes to call out to me, why can't you just be friendly? And I, I'm just not responding. And I'm wondering if I'm, I'm feeling conflicted about that. It seems a little bit extreme. But when I do engage her, it goes south. It's either it turns into gossip or a complaint. Mm -hmm. So you are wondering if you're allowed to set a boundary with her. You're feeling conflicted about the boundary you're setting. There's something you want to say. I'm feeling conflicted because when she just tries to say hi, Mm -hmm. I don't respond. I don't say hello to her Mm -hmm. when I see her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it feels really harsh. You want to hold the boundary without being out of alignment with who you want to be in the world. Yes, but even a hello with this woman, she'll grab it and run with it. Uh Yeah, so it sounds like you might want to say something to her, whether you say it to her in real life or just in your head, I don't know. But in terms of a mindset or a thing you might say to her, dear so-and-so, I prefer to have very, very limited contact with you. That is the best way that I can hold goodwill in my heart towards you. It's challenging for me to be in contact with you because I don't trust myself to be able to hold the kinds of limits that I need for my own self-care. And I want to assure you that I am not avoiding you out of any um, hatred. I'm just really trying to manage my own spaciousness and my own limits and my own boundaries. And so here's what you can expect and here's what not. I'm absolutely happy to smile at you. I'm absolutely happy to say hello, but I'm not going to engage in further conversation. And I just want you to understand that's a decision I'm making so that it doesn't come across to you as rude or dismissive. Do you have any questions? Something like this. I would probably refine that a little bit, but I would simply state where I am, what I'm doing and how that's meeting my needs and then disengage. How does that land as a start? Wow, you're, I think you're a genius. <laughs> I can't think of a more perfect way okay. to so say that. It so. feels like something you could say, and it also feels like something that is true for you. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good. Take that as a starter script. You know, like I'm just making stuff up off the top of my head. So take that as a starter and then just remind yourself, like, I need to be honest, direct, and kind. That's my goal. What I'm in charge of is what I say and don't say. I am not in charge of how she takes it and what she does with it. And if I'm feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with my current way of being, because it doesn't really work for me to just be ignoring someone or not saying hello to someone, then I'm changing this because of who I want to be. And I'm going to be really clear with the other person. I'm happy to say hello. I do not want to be in conversation. I existentially wish you a lot of goodwill, but I don't trust my own ability to set firm boundaries with you. And so what I'm going to do instead is avoid you. That's what I'm doing. Got it. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. welcome. It's a hard, it's a hard conversation. You know, part of that is giving ourselves permission to be where we're at and not overriding thinking we have to be somewhere that we're not. We're going to go to Shablok next. Hi. In this uh, last topic, I I just had this idea that I could say that, yeah, I will be kind, smiling, saying hello, but disengage and not wanting to be in communication. Or I could say and ask things and set boundaries to make the relationship better. 
So you could do that. And you, in your own situations with the people in your own life, you might make a different decision, right? Than what this person was, was deciding for her situation. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, here comes my kind of original question. Yes. It's uh, the difference between uh, this so-called controlling attitude where you kind of pathologically want to control people around you and uh, these things. Yes. And setting healthy boundaries and asking for things and trying to make the relationship work. Yes. Because, yeah. for example, it could be even a couple relationship, but could be any other. A hundred percent. Yeah. Technically, when I'm setting healthy boundaries, technically, I'm also controlling, trying to control the behavior of the other person. But it's different from this label, like controlling attitude. But technically, I want to control how he or she behaves towards me. And then, especially if the relationship itself is important for me, then I'd like to have an influence on. Yes. So when I use the word boundary, what I'm talking about when I use that word is what I am available for and what I am not available for and how long I'm willing to work on something and how long I'm not willing to work on something. But my boundaries have to do with self-management. They don't have to do with controlling your behavior. So for example, somebody starts screaming and yelling at me and I decide First of all, each one of us gets to decide, am I available for this or not? Sometimes I feel like I have a lot of resources and I can see that you're in a lot of pain and you screaming and yelling at me is fine with me. And I have capacity for it because I'm just feeling empathic towards you. So in that situation, I don't have a boundary around that. Maybe somebody is screaming and yelling at me and I realize that I am getting incredibly activated and triggered. My feelings are getting hurt. I feel vulnerable. My needs for safety are not being met. Wow, this is now doing harm to me. My boundary is about protecting myself from something that is overwhelming my capacity to cope. And then I might say, I'm unable to stay relational and present to you in this moment. If you're going to keep talking like this, if you can't self-regulate, I'm going to need to leave. That is about what I'm going to do given the circumstances around me. I'm not making you wrong. I'm not telling you you have to be different, but I'm giving you information about what I'm going to do and we can negotiate. Can you self-regulate? Can we switch this? Can you not? Where are you at? And if somebody is going to continue doing something super aggressive, I will remove myself from that for the time being. Now, in a relationship, like a couple relationship, we may have agreements where we separate for a while and come back together when it's safe again. And then we separate and we come back together when it's safe again. And in some relationships, we have agreements to continue working on things. So in some relationships, we don't. In some relationships, I'm not investing that kind of energy in this relationship with this person. And I don't place a demand on myself that I have to be connected deeply to every person in the world. So I get, I can be choiceful about that. So that's a lot right there. What, what comes up for you next hearing that? The thing is that uh, I would still uh, say that probably I want to control mm -hmm. the other person's behavior in the way that he's either far from me mm -hmm. or behaving differently close to me. But, oh. but uh, if he wants to be close to me and in my house, so to speak, yes, yes. and still do the things. Yes. I want to control that and I don't want to allow that. So we can't actually control other people. I know you know that. So let's put a fine point on. We can't control them, but we can tell them what we are going to do if they are going to continue being X, Y, Z. 
That's the difference between a boundary and controlling them. It's about where my attention is in terms of where I'm affecting change. I know that if I say, listen, honey, I am unable to stay present to you while you're talking to me like this. So we have a dilemma. This is still relational. We can take a break right now. If it sounds like you need empathy, I don't have the availability to be providing you with empathy. I don't have it in me right now. So for my own self-care, I need to disengage. I need to slow this down. I need this to be different. Do you have some ideas of what we could do? Where are you at? Now we're still in a relational frame. We're going to figure this out together because we're both going to get aware. We're still able to care about one another's needs and stay in conversation. If one person is too hijacked and isn't able to do that, and the other person is feeling harmed by the interaction, then the boundary is I'm going to disengage for a while while you self-regulate, and then we'll come back to this. The kind of giving, the kind of change that we're after in a nonviolent frame, if you're thinking about like nonviolent communication, for example, as a frame, of course, I want you to change. Of course, I want you to get aware. Of course, I want you to do your healing work. Of course, I want you to not be yelling at me. I, I have a vision of this way that we could be in relationship that is so much more lovely, but I don't impose it on you. I don't force it upon you. I don't demand it from you. I don't manipulate you into it. I don't coerce you into it. I take full responsibility for who I am going to be. I live into it myself. And then I can ask for what I want. But remember that in nonviolence, when we ask for what we want, we are equally open to a yes or a no. There is no consequence for you saying no. And then I get information about what I need to do for my well-being. And, you know, sometimes it means that we feel really sad that the conditions are not going to align in the way that we want. But the kind of the kind of giving that we're looking for in a nonviolent frame is open-hearted giving intrinsically motivated from the other person because they can see how doing this thing will better meet their needs. They're not doing it to get our approval. They're not doing it so that we don't abandon them. They're not doing it so that we don't punish them. They do it because they see something that is like intrinsically beneficial to them. And they have this like natural, like, oh, I want that. That's the kind of giving we're looking for and the kind of change we're looking for in a nonviolent frame. How's that landing? Also being aware of the time. <laughs> It's yes. quite a complex topic, and it's I, I a very complex topic. We should bring it up next for week. clarifications, but <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it's a very complex topic. I love the question. I think it's very nuanced and complex. And if you're on the call next week, why don't you bring it up again and let's dive into it a little bit more? Because this idea of the difference between like what Marshall Rosenberg would call natural giving versus coerced giving is a really, really important distinction for us to dive into. Yeah, thank you mm. for bringing it in. Thank you. So with that, we're going to wrap up. It is always a pleasure. I learned so much from these conversations. It always feels like a workout to me. Have a great day, everybody. Just a friendly reminder, if this episode resonated with you, please share with your family, friends, and co-workers. And if these conversations leave you wanting more, please consider joining my monthly membership program where you can join me live to keep growing with a community of open-hearted, like-minded people just like you. 
There are more free resources, including a quiz to help you assess your preferred listening style at yvetteerasmus.com and a lot of free videos on my YouTube channel. Remember, personal growth is a journey and not a destination. So please keep loving up all your awkward, messy and imperfect parts as you go. See you next time.